So, Anyways. welcome back to the Dime Comic Bros Podcast. I am your co-host, Colin, joined by... Spencer. And Jacob is not with us today because he is off on a secret recruitment mission. For the Canadian FBI. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's off getting babes and drinking martinis and he stuff. He is. He is actually getting babes. Oh, and they're paying good. And they're paying to see him. Yes. Wow. Uh, so he is he not know. joining us this week. He may be back next week. We don't know yet. We haven't heard from him. He's been going incognito. Like me on a Friday night. Buy a comic that might cost more than a dime. Come meet the brothers who are here to waste your time. So we are going to be talking about The Crow. Uh, yes, the movie from 1994. is directed by Alex Proyas uh, and written by David Jay Shao and John Shirley. Uh, it stars Brandon Lee in his uh, f- final film appearance as Eric Draven, a murdered musician who is resurrected to resurrected to avenge his death and that of his fiance. Uh, the film is based on the James O'Barr's comics of the same name. So this movie is, um, I think, more so well known, more known for the fact that a tragedy happened on mm-hmm. set than it is for like existing mm-hmm. honestly uh, and also people... it's, it's a big name tragedy as well right. it's not just like because you tragedies happen on it's like you said earlier tragedies happen on sets yeah like, like quite a, often there's like a you, lot of like there's a accidents there's a yeah like there's a even on really high profile movies there's a, a stunt woman on uh deadpool 2 i don't remember if she was hospitalized or if she died Ooh. doing a stunt and it's like a lot of this stuff obviously gets very much so shoved under the rug mm-hmm. because they're stunt people. We don't care. And it's like, but yeah. when it's, you know, your main star, it's a big deal. Yeah. Um, a lot of people know about The Crow, like kind of vaguely, like, which is yeah. weird because it's an, it's a hyper obscure, very short run comic. I actually don't think it's that, it's that strange because you know why? So think about the hyper obscure comics that become movies. So like say Spawn and we have Blade and we have The Crow and then we get Hellboy and all these people that like are older than us or like let's say blue car color workers, anyone that I work with, they know about all four of these characters, but they do not know that they exist as a comic or originated there. It's a weird thing that happened, particularly like the nineties into the early two thousands, where we had this push of like there was horror thriller infused like comic adaptations. Frankly, a lot of them weren't great, but like But they were fun. Yeah, so a lot of them were fun. And it's a it's this weird cultural thing. Because, like, some people kind of have an idea that they're based off of comics or whatever. But, like, mm-hmm. people know about The Crow. If you te- if you say, you know, the movie The Crow, they might not know which Crow movie because there's other ones and they're mm-hmm. all bad. Uh, like, but they they have, like, a vague idea in their head. Yeah. And it's really weird because this was a, this was a very low-budget movie that wasn't really finished. It was kind of just assembled and shipped out and then didn't make a lot of money and then like they tried resurrecting the franchise a few times but it's kept falling into into development hell that really hurts me that this tragedy happens and that this whole movie became kind of like an assembly because i actually really liked a lot of the vibes i like uh, yeah so i, I like watched... i like even even when the cgi is shitty like i don't care like the practical effects are pretty good and what's going on like what i see at least for visuals seems to be clicking right yeah it's it's a really so i watched this probably when i was like 14 i think um maybe i watched this in the beginning of this year i think really okay or, so, or like last year Yeah, i watched this once or twice a while back i think my dad was wa- like he might have been sick or something and like mm-hmm. staying home for the week and then he watched like all of the crow movies and something oh. um 
not going to talk about any of the other ones, but this one no. I remember like vaguely enjoying, and I liked. I've read like three issues of the comics. Very, oh, you've actually read some, like three of them, like tiny, like literal, like a few, like the tiniest handful. Okay. Um, and then a bunch of Wikipedia searching, obviously, because that's how I I live. Um, so I'm not really familiar with it, but I I li- pretty confident I liked it then, and like now, it. <sighs> The movie doesn't just come across tragic because a tragedy happened on set. It comes across, like, this could have been pretty good if it was finished properly or didn't have to work around the limitations they were given. Mm -hmm. It's low budget. Um, There are some effects which have aged horribly. Some of them have aged pretty interesting. And Lee's performance is really good. Like, just... You, I'm pretty confident he's universally loved for this role. I think he, I think he actually did like really well. I think the only times I felt like cringing was because the sound design wasn't matching up. Like he was, he was good. Oh, there's actually a couple of guys. So like, you that's know, that's the general thing with the movie is the the sound effects and the editing and like the music is very stock. Yep. Which part of that is just being low budget. But mm-hmm. if you're low budget, you can still like modulate sound effects. Like yeah. Halo, my favorite video game franchise. Most of the first few installments, they didn't record their own gun noises. They were using stock noises. They just mm-hmm. screwed with them enough on you know on a computer, and it makes it distinct. They clearly didn't either have the time or money to do that here, and it mm-hmm. feels not like a like a real assembly cut because those are like four hours long. Yeah. But it feels kind of like that. It's not polished like at all. It's a rough vision of what was there. It functions. But yeah, the music can be pretty generic and like over the top in the wrong way, and mm-hmm. the editing is sloppy. But like, I think most of the acting is pretty solid. Like, uh, you know, the leader for the four bad guys, right? Like, yeah, yeah, I thought he was actually like pretty good. I thought he was really good in the scene where he died, like, yeah, where he realizes who the crow is and stuff like that. I thought that was pretty cool. I, I think most that. of the performances are at least <laughs> solid, yeah, they're like, solid. The 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 dialogue is pretty rough. I will say, like, the script isn't great, but also I don't remember the comics being terribly uh, profound either. No, they're so not. So it's kind of expected. I have a, Lord. yeah, like, I have a big soft spot for those dumb, like, yeah, like, ni- 80s to 90s kind of just edgy to be edgy stuff. Like it, it's, it's like the inner teenager is, like, still, like... Yeah, hanging on by a thread. As now. you were saying, as you were saying when we were watching it, it's like motherfuckers when they listen to My Chemical Romance once. <laughs> yeah, it's like literally, we're all like that sometimes, and there's nothing oh, yeah. wrong with that. Don't be weird about it, but like, no. yeah, everybody has their very over the top dramatic moments, and it's like, and I, it's I still, fun. I still listen. To yeah. My oh, I, My Chemical Romance I, is good. Yeah, it's great. I I listen to most of my music is emo. Yeah. If, if not metal or like metalcore, I mean, uh, it's emo. Yeah, like this movie is the. The Crow is a little bit more up my alley than Spawn is. Not, no, mm-hmm. I'm not speaking the movie because the Spawn movie is bad. But, like, Very. Spawn as a character has a really strong, a, 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 a really bad time moving on and, like, growing up. Because mostly it's just been Seth MacFarlane. That's a technical difficulties. Scott MacFarlane, sorry. Uh, yeah, I was about to say, Seth MacFarlane is a comedian. Um, yeah, I like Spawn. Uh, the art is almost always really, really phenomenal, especially yeah, the most recent that's, stuff. That's, that's where... what's bothersome too. Is like when you're not into a story. Because but Scott McFarland is an artist. He's not a writer, and he's yes. written most of the Spawn comics for its entirety. And yeah, it shows they're really cyclical. They don't really move on. But like a couple of the ideas are really cool. I mean, Jacob's talked about it a fair few times on the show. He's been yes. slowly carving through it, and like some of the stuff in the beginning is really interesting. A lot of the art's pretty cool, and there's a lot of just 
edge to be edge. And mm-hmm. apparently, I don't, I can't confirm this. The past couple of years have been pretty solid, uh, improved writing at least. And then they've been taking a lot of really weird directions. Also, Greg Capullo's art is goaded. So he's been, he's been doing Spawn for like a decade now, mm. which is great. Um, but uh, obviously, like Spawn's a way bigger property than The Crow. But the I, crow seems a little bit more on my. There's a little bit more substance so to it. It's as, it's definitely it's edgy and it's a bit over the top and it's very emo. But like, it can it clearly has the capability to have more depth. Whereas Spawn, I think you'll have to is, change some things about the crow. Well, yeah. So what I mean is like, its story, it's very edgy, and I think for it to go forward or to like make a comeback at least for one movie. Yeah. Um, is they have to change a little bit about the story. I think, uh, so, like, the main story is that this musician was killed while trying to save his girlfriend from being murdered and redacted. Um, you can say it, it's fine. Murdered and raped by four uh, disgusting men. And I think that's a little much. As as realistic as it actually can sadly can be yeah um i think for it to make a comeback it would have to like redact the like the idea of like her being raped or at at, at the very least it it would have to uh very it would have to like what's the word i'm looking for it, i i know what you're saying here's a better way to say it. Okay. so spawn has it it doesn't have this issue for one reason. That's because his his wife, I believe, she's alive. She's living her own life. That's mm-hmm. part of the really interesting part of Spawn is he has memories of a life that doesn't exist anymore. And then he has to, like, figure out what he's going to do now, all that sort of fun stuff. Mm-hmm. This is literally fridging by, like, definition. This is just we have the only real woman in the story be the person we kill and mutilate so the guy has motivation. It's like you can do that, but you have to be careful with that because it comes across like it's a it's a very like it's a very socialized like dude fantasy of like i'm going to avenge my girlfriend from yeah and i don't don't really like that no like there's ways to do that that are intelligent and more nuanced or you know they can more so be about the fact that like you wanting to go victimize more people because someone you know was victimized is bad but like the crow's not going to do that it's not about to be subversive it is a revenge fantasy so making it a little bit putting more effort in before all of the events take place. So like developing the relationship more. So it doesn't just feel like her being dead is like a motivational thing. It mm-hmm. She's an actual character. And yeah, that's the give, thing is in this like movie, maybe, she's like two, maybe 20 minutes. Of yeah. Like, like a little bit versus in this movie, she's present and they have some flashbacks, but she's not really a character. We she's don't have any characterization to her. I, she's I have just like no feelings towards her really. Right. Like clearly she's vaguely attractive and I guess she's probably like sweet or whatever. And like, that's it. There's nothing really there. To be fair, none of the other characters in this movie really have a lot of characterization either, but no. they have more than she does. And that's the the contrast between it is like, if you develop that relationship more beforehand, no matter however you want to quote unquote modernize the story or do a new adaptation or revive the comics, who I think every once in a while they come back with a new book or something. Um, however you want to do that, I think that's kind of a key factor because that's kind of what ages it poorly isn't that it's over the top and dark and oh my gosh look shadows and lightning it's the kind of sexist undertones it's mm-hmm. like this is very 90s guy revenge flick and like i have a soft spot for those because yeah. of course i do 
course. But, like, that's the thing that just kind of rings out weird. But other than that, like, I, I, I was, when we were, we were watching it, I, I told you, like, this is, again, it's a really, it's a pretty low-budget production. Um, I really like the way that they did his, his uh, face makeup. Because oh, yeah. instead of where, especially now, set mostly just post-Heath Ledger Joker, all sorts of face makeup in any movie, especially a superhero, it's supposed to be smeared, and then, like, you watch it fall apart as the movie goes on. I mean, obviously, 2019's Joker is a very big proponent of this, which is fine. Mm-hmm. I like that in this, it does get smeared a little bit around the lips, like, when it gets hit or whatever, but, like, it's clearly, it is grease paint. Mm-hmm. It is supposed to be water-resistant, and because this movie basically all takes place during the nighttime and rain the fact that he's doing stunts and fighting and crying and like all sorts of stuff and it's staying like that it's just a really interesting image it's more interesting i think than just having it like wash off all the time because yeah. we've seen that and it works in some stories especially you know that was a part of uh robert pattinson's batman that a lot of yeah, people got attached to it was like oh my god they leave on the mascara Ooh, which i, I, get, I get that it works it works for him it would look pretty bad on a lot of the other guys but it works for him you know no i've seen some edits and i know edits are bad but like i've seen edits of like so say i wouldn't personally i would not do that to uh uh bvs superman i mean batman um, but I mean, as Can you like, imagine Superman wearing up. mascara? <laughs> shut up. No, I think it would be cool if Batman did have that, but I don't. I wouldn't want that because I like how like super stupid that movie is. You would have to. Re- would you'd have to it redesign other parts. But that's the thing is with the Batman is it's kind of designed around yes. him switching in and out of his costume, yeah. putting in a backpack, all sorts of fun stuff. Whereas BVS is a pretty grungy movie, but when it comes to Batman, he does have a certain type of tidiness to his mm-hmm. aesthetic. Yes, he has he does. like. There's the the like way, the whole the, back cave. It's not just like a a cave that he has built up. It's literally it's like built he, into a cave. Yes, it's built into the cave. Yeah, like it's obviously it's an aesthetic I love. But like oh, there are parts too. of I love there are little shit. touches of naturalism in it. Like the fact that it's like it's basically a box that he shoved into the cave. Yeah, and then like you know the grappling guns have wooden handles. Like yes. little things like that. But it does have the I don't know it it does I don't notice when he rips the cowl off and then the next shot shows him with no eye makeup I don't blink no I don't but care with either. the Batman it fits a lot more with his extremely disheveled nature yes and I think that's something because that, he's supposed to be like a drug addict basically and so, I but, think the crow could it can go either okay, way with go. the crow I, I was about to say let's yeah. go back to the crow it can it, I could definitely see a story pulling it either way it's a minor I'd it's a minor not. detail I'd rather it not but I like I'd the fact it, it makes him feel like a ghost yes like he's just this unchangeable visage I mean that's something that like Morpheus from Sandman has in the comics he is this pale white dude with crazy pointy hair and his eyes are galaxies of stars. Yep. He doesn't change. He never looks any different. And that's really cool because it, it lends to the the non like the non-corporeal thing that he is. He's not a physical being, really. No, he is he can a exist physically. Of, of uh dream. Right. And that's the same thing with the crow, is like he physically has a body. Obviously, he can get shot and stuff. Mm-hmm. But like you could take that a step further and he like he can interact with the world, but the world can't interact with him. Like, he can punch yeah. you, but you can't hit him. Or, yep. like, so the bullets pass through him. Instead, like, you can go different ways with that, and I don't think that really takes anything away from the character. It's just no. there are ways to explore this. This is a really cool concept that I don't think was really developed beyond that. No. Um, I, I definitely think... this The movie runs about 90, 95 minutes, I believe. It's pretty um, short film. Yeah, I, I think... It could still get kind of tightened up in the edit. It definitely feels a little, not bloated. It's a very 
it's a shallow movie. Yes, it is. Which I think is also partially due to the fact that they don't, they weren't able to shoot all of the scenes that they had written. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure that's part of it. But also, it just there isn't much there under the surface. It's it's pretty surface level. There are little tinges of like the 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 more heady quote unquote elements. You know, when he just whips out poetry and Bible verses, it's like it's an aesthetic thing. It's not a it's not like an integral part of it. No. I mean, it's the the vibe is integral to I it. I like it not, a lot though. Yeah, no, I I, I agree, but like it, that can be developed further so it is integral to the way the movie works versus like it's just kind of a vibe thing, mm. you know? Yeah, cuz this whole movie, that is how this whole movie works. It's it's a vibe. Thing. This movie is a vibe check. It's just a vibe. So, this is let's this is I'm gonna, I'm gonna say it. This is about Daredevil for me. The movie, the 2003 movie. Oh, yep. This okay. is about the same tier. It's a bit shallow. It has some really cool ideas. I think this is definitely. I def- like the vibe. Is, I, yeah, definitely like the vibes, and some of the performances are really good. I think this is a lower quality, but I do yes. enjoy it more because Daredevil does break its vibe every once in a mm-hmm. while, and it's very awkward. Mm-hmm. Like the goofy ass romance stuff is mm-hmm. really out of left field for what is a, for the most part, pretty. Over the top emo movie, yes. you know. I love they it. play Evanescence. Like, yes. come on, it love doesn't. It. it takes itself so seriously. It's funny. It's so. It's so funny that. But when that, it's randomly wholesome, you're like, I don't buy it. I think it's so funny that we've had we had a period in time where like the music that I actually liked was in movies of things that I do like. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that. So it's so, like a. It's like a. a, a Six, seven out of ten. Like, it's got some big issues. It's fun, though. I give it a... I give it a solid, like, five and a half out of seven. That's that's high, but I'll take it. I'd, I'd give it that. Well, it's because I enjoy it. It's an enjo- Yeah, it's an enjoyment factor. Like, more I'll, so I'll, than a I'll, watch, I'll even, like, put it on the background, you know? This is definitely a good background movie. Yeah, this is, yeah. like... I'm sick and I'm doing other things mm-hmm. type of, you know, like I can... Or like I'm building Bionicles or I'm playing with Legos. Yeah, like something like that. This is definitely good for that. It's or a good I'm vibe I'm drawing movie. and I need a vibe. Right, but it's not a great movie to just kind of sit and hyper-focus on, whereas mm-hmm. I can't watch... I, the comparisons are overdone at this point, but like I can't just watch the Batman and do other stuff. Like that is a movie to sit down and watch. There so, is so much to here's it. Here's my thing. This is why I It's because it. you've watched it so many fucking times. Yes, I was supposed to I say. know. No, it's because I've watched so many times that I can just, I can sit and I hear a line and I'm like, ah, oh, I see it in my head. I mean, I guess that, because that, that's what it was or like. With what the, I do is like, I love the beginning half of the fir- of the movie. Yeah. That's like my favorite part. Uh-huh. So I'll sit there at least and watch the whole thing. The only scene that I know for sure I have to sit through is the opening scene of Batman. Oh, yeah, the opening scene is fucking that great. And the ending scene. That's fair. Those are the only two parts mm, I strong, know I, ha- I good have vibes. to. Have yeah, to. Uh, that, that's fair. Because that's what I... It gets that's, me ready for my vibes. That's what I was like with BBS, which we know, like, I, the Batman is a much better movie. But, like, Batflick hits in the field. You know, it's, I, got, it's got that little, it's got that little paper clip, paper clip Batman in my heart. Movies. Well, yeah, it's got because that's what I use it is because that I can read so much into it mm-hmm. and like point out these godforsakenly small details that no one cares about. My but favorite part I about... can now because I've seen it hundreds of times. Probably I can kind of put it on the background. I would prefer not to, but like I can. So that's probably just an exposure. BBS thing. still gives me chills. Well, sometimes. yeah, like the crow is good. It's yes. good. It's not great. Moving it on. is definitely a good performance from Brandon Lee, though. Uh, it, yes, it's a great performance, and I'm glad that at least he's remember he's like remembered for this. Yeah. So like, I'm 
I get very upset when I realize or have been told that an actor has passed during a certain movie, but then I appreciate those movies. I'm like, okay, I'm glad I'm I. For lack of a better term, term, I am glad that at least they're known for these movies, and that's how they're going to be remembered, is for these roles that they did very well at. Yes. And this is what they're going to be remembered for. So, another fun, positive thing. Uh, Andor Episode 7 came out this week. So, so this episode felt shorter than the last couple. I actually felt like it was a little longer. Not because it was, but because the structure was kind of funky. So, it is uh, Cassian going back to the planet, whose name I don't remember, to yep. go visit his surrogate mother and is like, yo, I got a butt ton of money, we're going to leave. And then she is finally going, nah, fuck it. I I'm am the rebellion I'm, I'm tired of hiding. Mm -hmm. And that's, that was a really cool scene because at first I was getting frustrated with her. I was like, he went through all of this. You know, you, you heard on the news. You're like, you know what he did. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it makes, this show is doing a really good job at making me feel for all of the characters, with minor exceptions. I felt like, but her... knowing, but I, do, it's not some. I, I, I'm confused to what the right choice is here, and that's the thing. I think that's the really careful distinction. Is like I understand why Cassian wants to run. He is wrong, and he's going to learn that. And you have like the stuff with with um, the other characters in the rebellion. It's like they they're all going about the way that they want to use the rebellion differently. And then you have I keep forgetting his name. Um, the guy that the Skarsgård is playing, and he is—he's—he's he's fantastic. He's going, like I, I really liked his exchange with Mon Mothma. Uh, they're them sitting in his fake front shop, and is like, like th this is the time. Like now, because that's the the thing that this show is really demonstrating is, people are always going to be disgruntled about whatever government structure exists. That's a given, you know, whatever. But like this show is going, the Empire is getting louder. They're not just quietly doing stuff. They're openly being tyrannical, and that's what they're they're that they're pushing the rebellion to do what the rebellion's going to do. And I he's going personally really enjoy the um like uh empire the imperial like higher up. It's really fun to watch to see how like and really I'm rooting weird for that girl like that the woman the one. I don't know what her name is. I can never yeah. remember. But like, I want her to win, even though I know she's going but to get. But she's our, so insane. She's going to get our characters in trouble. Yeah. But like, I want her to win. And that's the cool thing is because it's a really interesting way to demonstrate that the, the way that the empire currently is broken up into different sectors is they're they're not allies. The ISB are not coworkers. No they're way. rivals. And it's like, this is this the hyper fractionalized like we're going to make you all fight to be the better sector shit. And it's like, that's why the Empire's going to fall. Is not just because it's like an openly tyrannical, like crazy fucking thing, but like, it's not trying to have people work together. It is just going, just you guys, you guys should be, employees. yeah, you guys should all be competing and like falling all over each other and being cutthroat. And it's really satisfying to watch, but like, it's horrible. Mm -hmm. And I really like, also we saw uh, Admiral Yaloran, which was pretty cool. Uh, they don't really give him any fanfare, but that the the guy, who, the announcer from Clone Wars, who's in the show. Oh, yeah, he doesn't look like he did before, which is mm -hmm. fine. Like no big deal. Um, and they they did name drop Palpatine, but like I I I love the fact that it's taken seven episodes for us to basically get any reference to anything else. This show is very good at being self contained. Uh, we have stormtroopers right now, right? Yes. Okay, because I I know we got tankers. Yeah. But like I couldn't tell if they were like saying, oh, they're in in, in like. <sighs> Okay, so you know the part in this episode where he's running, mm -hmm. uh, not running on that, like, hot planet, mm -hmm. but he's running at his planet, 
and we see white soldiers. Yeah. I can't tell their helmets. Those were stormtroopers. Yeah, so I couldn't tell. It was... I was like, are you... Do I seriously see clone troopers? That doesn't seem right. That timeline doesn't add up. The, the so that was him as so I'm I'm kind of I finally I like how they're drip feeding us information about his childhood, which is pretty yep. nice. That's how he got conscripted. Is so obviously there's all this stuff on his original home planet. The the parents all seem to like die or whatever. You got the village of children, and then the the um the merchants slash whatever the hell his surrogate mother is they find him they take him off the planet whatever the hell happened to that planet they still aren't really saying what the yeah. hell happened there um they're they're bouncing or they're bouncing like dancing around a lot of massacres which are like known canonically which i'm very impressed with they're like you know what happened go look it up on wikipedia um and then he went and lived with her and her husband question mark and then when there was like a mishap and then the stormtroopers killed him, killed his surrogate dad, he went and went to attack him. He got conscripted and that's how he was in the service. Because that's like that. Cause oh, you know, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. So it's, uh, the last thing that we saw of him, that's, that's now, right? Yes. The okay. stuff with, on the, the beach planet, that is now. Yes, that's what I thought. But the, the stuff with the kid running against the stormtroopers with a stick, that's him as a kid. That's him uh, as the, a kid? Like a teenager. Oh, that's him? Yeah. Wait, did, what did I miss? What did he's I miss? just having flashbacks. He's hearing oh, the stormtroopers and remembering the last time he was No, running. no, because he's talking to his mom. He's talking to his mom uh-huh. when we see that. And then she's talking about a kid. So she was talking about him? Yeah. The The only little bit that felt kind of weird with this episode, like you said it felt short, and then I said it felt long, is the the bit on the like beach planet at the end where he's like, fine, screw it, I'll leave. And I think there's a time, there's got to be at least a, little bit of a time jump there because like it looks like he's got like a girlfriend or like you know like a fuck buddy probably and you know yeah and like he gets caught up in some nonsense and then gets thrown into fucking prison and that's where we're left off that scene made me so fucking angry that was like the frankly that was wow that was was the definition Uh, of talking to a cop it's like yeah are those are those cops are those the cops that i know in real life them trying to get you to can like admit to something it's like you didn't even do no because they don't part of they don't care no and also that that uh not scout trooper but that that trooper was played by sam whitwer i don't know who that is he voices Maul and Palpatine in the Clone Wars, and he's the one who played Starkiller in the old games. No, uh that's him? Yeah, that's Sam Whitworth. Oh, I love him. Yeah. I love him so much. He's, he's amazing. He's been bouncing around the Phantom for a while. He just randomly is like, we need you for five minutes. He's like, okay. Yeah, I know. He'll I do anything. Him. Yeah, no, uh, I love him. But oh, you're so fucking good. That was so annoying. Okay, so like, I got a little nervous when they showed the 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 security droid because I was like, please don't introduce K two like this because there is a canon comic which is over that, and they did say that they didn't want to touch K two until next season. Mm-hmm. They 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 said they're going to have him show up, but like it wasn't going to be until later. And but, I was like, please don't do it this early. It would feel a little like I, I want, was I was actually getting upset too because that was the thing. On. You know, I like that they're showing the droids because I really like Me those too. droid models. I love. The, their silhouettes are so fast. They're so they're kind they're of spooky. S- they are. I like them a lot. I just appreciated that. You know, I was like, oh no, and that's like, no, because he he reprograms K two when he's already in the rebellion. Like he goes on a mission and finds a droid, and it's like, fuck it, we'll use it. Mm-hmm. Like, fuck it, we ball. Um, fuck it, we ball. He he is the definition of fuck it, we ball. Yeah, I don't know. I just I really like this. I was in in the episode the uh, when I was watching it, I was texting the group chat and. Mm-hmm. I was getting so pissy with Mod Mothma for a minute because I was like, because she's she's trying so hard to skirt in the initial scene. She's trying to skirt away from open violence so bad because she really wants to to ride out like the secrecy as long as possible. And 
the other characters like nah like we're done with that like now is the time because that's the thing is they need to show open like fighting back against the the empire because that's what people need it's not because they necessarily need everyone on every planet to become part of the rebellion you know capital r rebellion they they need to make an announcement exactly Uh, uh, that was a nice one it's like it's not you know it wasn't a robbery it was an announcement that was that was a good moment that was great and i like that i'm getting angry at the scene like i'm getting so pissy with her and then in the next scene when she's recruiting her like childhood friend or whatever that that dining room banquet that was so good just watching them dance around the room and like talking in mildly coded language and you know it's like yeah my politics might be a little extreme for yeah, you yeah i love that oh the di- the, di- the dialogue was so mommy mothmas i like that because it, it was making me angry with her and then it's clear that like she isn't just fronting to the people in the empire or empire loyalists she's even fronting to people within the rebellion with whatever it is now it's like nobody knows the real mon mothman i think that's really interesting because i don't think she does either but that's a me thing no no, i think if nobody knows who you are then that means you definitely don't know who no, because you the, we have no definition of self without other people. There no, is you don't you, know you don't you know do. what you look like without a mirror. No, you like know. you have fr- obviously there isn't like it's not like your brain doesn't realize that you're a person, but like you, there are parts of of self realization you like, can't I'm do not without other know people. What's right here on my face right. without a mirror? Right. Like I'm not gonna know. Um, you don't have a complete picture. Yeah, I'm not gonna know exactly. I don't know. I know there's curls right here. I just don't know how it looks. Yeah, I I just really appreciate how well they're balancing politics in the purest of senses and interpersonal drama. They're tying it together in a way that doesn't feel... It just feels more personal without sacrificing the large-scale nature of it because, mm-hmm. um, like, Rogue One, one of my favorite Star Wars movies. Me I still too. have some gripes with it, but, like, sure. it is a nice... It's a, it's a big, bombastic, like... I think it's Rally- a great it's a, rebellion movie. It is, but it's like a rallying cry. Mm-hmm. But you have to get there first. Mm-hmm. Not everyone's on the same page. Even in that movie, not everyone's on the same page. No. But like, it's a movie, so it's a little bit more streamlined. You know, we have to have our big dramatic rebellions are built on hope moments. You know, like you got to do that. But this show is like, it takes people a lot of pushing. Like when he, uh, the the quote unquote open contradictions of this show when he's you know in Rogue One he's like I've been in this fight since I was six years old like whatever and then the show shows him in numerous points in his life like not being part of the rebellion it's like it's not the capital R rebellion it's the fact that he's been oppressed by this government structure his entire life and that's the thing is it's doing a really interesting because even though it's opening up a different route I didn't think the show was going to take it's like it's simultaneously showing the the big scale cool big battle stuff but also like you, the, just you don't this need one... to be a part of the opposing team to be a to be like uh, what's the word I'm looking for uh, affected mm-hmm. by what's going on. Um, it makes hit like Jin Erso's arc actually make a lot more sense with him because like they they talk they push back on push back on each other in Rogue One a bunch, mm-hmm. but like you know they have a type of chemistry. I I again as I said when I we watched Rogue One ages ago, you know years ago, it's like I like how they didn't have to make it romantic. No, I like that was it nice. a lot. But like it's so this is baking so much more backstory into his handful of comments, mm-hmm. not just in the sense of like wow, it's retconning things so it makes more sense. It's like this feels like real. 
not like this was necessarily planned by the people who made Rogue One, but it feels like it's yes. merging his so, arcs together because it's like all those things he said, now not just that we've seen them, but like it took him until he was in his 30s to be a part of the capital R rebellion. It took his entire life of being pushed around and stomped on before he said, fine, fuck it, we're done. So I, I agree with you where it feels real. So say like, let's take all the handful of stuff that he said in Rogue One, right? Mm-hmm. And then we're looking at the show, people can go and straight say, well, these don't match up. Well, guess what? When you tell people shit in real life, it's, they don't match up. No, it's vague and it's, it's more, narrativized. What you tell people is your emotions. Right. It's, it's a, not the facts. Yeah, we narrativize our own life stories. And it's like... Because it makes sense. Right. You're, you as a person, you as a human being, you're not a story. You're not a book. You're not a movie. You're no. not a song. You're not you a... Per, don't you're not sense. a sense. You're no. You do not make sense you're chronologically. Not, you're not the protagonist. You, you as a person, for things to make sense, you do have to force it to. Yeah. And by doing that, you create your own story in your brain. Exactly. Sure. And growth, to li- growth, to live is, your life. growth is non-linear. Yeah, so to grow you, your life, You backslide, bro, and you go down, and you go back up. And you it's, need it's to see yourself as a character. Right. That's, you know, that's at least for me. So you as a, so me as a person, I have to see myself as a protagonist, or like at least some type of character. Right, that's how we make sense of it. Yeah. Uh, even though for a long time, I felt like I was a side character. Yeah. So, Robin. Yeah, no, Robin. <laughs> but Robin can be a main character. Anyway... Uh, back to Andor, I think people forget that humans do that. Yeah. Or they don't even know, which I don't think most people know. Like, of course, it could be there are some technical fuck-ups on the dates, and, like, that can definitely happen, obviously. I'm sure there's plenty of, they're like, we're gonna just smooth over this detail because it doesn't actually line up. I'm fine with that I'm fine not with lining that. it up. As long as it's close-ish, mm-hmm. and it's for the story. Mm-hmm. It's not because you did a fuck-up and, like... It's just a detail you want to fix. Like, you're, you're, that's when you get into I think like a good the... excuse is to be like, well, he's a human being. He doesn't yeah. know. He can't tell you every single fucking date of everything. Right. And it's like, because there's been a lot of, there's been a lot of the only real online fa- fan discourse for this show because there's no, there's no fan service anywhere, which is fucking awesome. Is like, how old is Cassian? Like, trying to get the date, the dates to line up, not even to be weird about it, but it's like, how, wait a minute. Like, just trying to explore, and it's like, it eventually will make sense if you squint hard enough, and that's fine. But it doesn't, for me, it doesn't come across as, like, a sloppy detail. Whereas, like, say, if in the sequel trilogy, uh, Rey and Kylo were, like, twins, or they were siblings, even, that would feel like a retcon, because there's a 10-year actor age gap, and they're demonstrated to be different ages. It's not just... Like, right when the trilogy starts, she's, like, 19. Yeah, she's, they're, like, they're, a young, bright-eyed girl. Yeah, and Kylo is, Kylo like, in is, his late 20s. He's a existential emo 20, late 20-year-old. 20 yeah, he's a, he's a washed-up has-been. Like, mm-hmm. there's, they're, they're clearly set up to be very different ages, and then whoever their parents were, like, it just, the way those, some of those theories that we had during that time period were set up, it would be serious retconning material just to make it a cool twist. And that's what I don't want. I don't want retcons to make cool twists. I want retcons to make the character fuller. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing that this show is doing is it's it's not just, you know, tweaking a little bit of details here and there. It's doing it so... But it's not the, hard to so, do that because he's only in one movie. Right. It's so the character has more room to grow. And so the creators of this show can do what they want to do. It's, I'll think it's a it's, ship soon. Yeah, at some point. it's It's clearly... It's actual creative freedom. It's 
we will work with your writers to kind of tweak the lore a little bit. We'll try to make the dates work so the actors' ages line up a little better. But, like, we're doing it so you have the freedom to tell the story you wanted to about this character, which clearly means a lot to the people working on it. Like, Diego Luna was so hyped to come back for this, like, three years ago when they announced it. And it's like, wow, the show about a character from the movie, like, the, the show that no one asked for about a character that no one liked, which is wrong, but, like, whatever, from the movie that no one asked for. And it's like, yeah, and it's, like, the best thing. It is. You know, as because they want to make it. It's not being made to fill a hole in the timeline. Obi-Wan. Sadly, yes. Like, mm -hmm. even though there were some highlights of that show, it was made to fill a spot. This was a show that the writer and showrunner, Tony Gilroy and Diego Luna, wanted to tell. Mm -hmm. And they're just being told, like, fuck it. Fuck it, we ball. We're going to do it. Fuck and it, it's we ball, so cool. And then the last thing I have is just on Cyril, the dweeb... Dweeby little yeah, I was boy. To talk about him. I am really. I appreciate the fact. So I remember the first time we talked about it with Jacob was, I thought that the ISB lady was going to be the traitor or whatever. I think she's going to be riding out Empire till she dies, for selfish reasons, obviously. Mm -hmm. I think Cyril could go one way or the other because in this episode it, he's realizing like, obviously he drank the Kool Aid. I, li I like that he's a third party. He seems like a character that like drank the Kool Aid and he was actually like trying to stay like some type of. Uh, uh, person in society as this big shot. He thought he like, was doing the right thing. That yep. doesn't mean, that doesn't excuse the fact that what he did was wrong and no. horrible. And he's not necessarily coming to terms with that right now, but I like the fact that they're, they did nepotism to get him a job. And he doesn't blink about that that much. But in that job, when they're like, we can just scrub your records, like no big deal. He's kind of taken aback by that. Mm -hmm. Like the fact that this major fuck up he had in his life, the thing that he thought was going to like kill his career, mm -hmm. Just because some rich dude wants to overwrite it can just overwrite. That seems kind of like gross to him almost. Mm -hmm. And then he's like, I, I, I could see them going either way with this character. And I really like that. Like, it's not a redemption arc. It's like him realizing that the expression, of, like he's, his values aren't changing necessarily. But the expression of his values is like being developed. Yep. It's something I can kind of relate to. Like I used to have very different opinions than I do now on a lot of things. Me too. But from what I knew and the people I surrounded myself with, my values haven't changed. They've the levels have shifted around a little bit, but it's like it's the fact that I did I wasn't expressing my values in the most efficient or healthy way. Mm -hmm. I was being I was given bad information and I was working off of false assumptions to do what I was doing. And like I like that because I'm not I don't think on uh, like this internal level I haven't really changed for me like five years ago. You know, like I'm different externally now because I'm doing so many different things, but like, I don't, my values haven't changed. This is, I'm, I'm living out the things that I was taught and the things that I believe, which are what I believe then, but now I'm doing it in a more developed and like educated way. And it feels like that for him. Like, mm -hmm. I'm not going to agree with where this character ends up because there are values he expressively holds that I disagree with, but I like the fact that he's developing himself as a person or is getting <coughs> pushed to. Yeah. It's so good. Like he's a dweeby little him. fucking dork. He's some mid-twenties, well, okay, the actor's actually 40, but, like, yeah. clearly, like, late, mid-late-twenties, washed-up, fucking cop wannabe, and it's, like, maybe I was wrong. I don't think he's gonna end up in the rebellion, but I think he's yeah, gonna, I think he's gonna have a, like, a final act of lowercase r rebellion. Because he's gonna be dead by the time the show is over. Yeah, for sure. Say, he's gonna die, dying. but, like, I like that. It's like Hux, but if Hux was good, 
So this is the last episode of Spooky Month, mm-hmm. I think, by the time it comes out. I can't remember dates right. Me neither. Uh, but we have our own... We're back to actually having our own personal talking points again. Very it's strange. been so fucking long. Very strange. I do have uh, two talking points. Which is definitely the reason why we did it, was just to give you time to get caught up to Jacob and I, for sure. It wasn't the fact that we all wanted to talk about the same stuff at the same time. Mm-hmm. We were only doing it for your benefit. Sure. <laughs> so... What the fuck have you been doing? So recently, I can't remember what day it was. I think it was October 8th. Uh, the anime adaptation of one of my favorite mangas came out. Oh. There's only two episodes so far. Oh. Chainsaw Man came yeah. out. Yeah. So um, it's pretty simple. Uh, Chainsaw Man is about uh, our main character, Denji, who is c- currently a demon or a devil hunter. And he is under if you could say this, the employment of this man who is forcing him to pay a debt his father could not pay before he tragically died. We don't know how he died, but he died. And so now he's in Chainsaw to the face. So he's indebted to this man. And when he uh, has sold an eyeball, he has sold a, I think, either liver or kidney, Ew. and he has sold his left nut uh, to... Uh, grow money to get money to give this guy it's a ridiculous sum of money and he lives in a shack on a hill and he eats like a slice of bread every day and he shares it with his chainsaw devil that he uh made a deal with by giving him blood because devils are able to uh heal themselves with human blood and they help each other out this series is so weird it is weird (laughs) they help each other out and uh to fight devils and survive i guess and during a devil hunt they got into an accident with the zombie devil and they both were dying but the chainsaw devil decided to give his heart to denji and they became one so now denji is what they call a not a fiend because a fiend is a uh corpse that is taken over by a devil uh, it's like this new type of thing that he's kind of like the special thing, but all he, he wants to do in life, one. all he wants to do in life is live a normal life and touch boobs. He said, I just want to touch boobs. Wow. And that is our, basically our plot and our story. Okay. Then I've been hearing very positive things about the anime. Oh, it's fantastic. It's, it's, it is created by Mappa. The ones who ha- own uh attack on Titan now, nice. which I have been loving fantastically. And we have two episodes of that, and I can't remember what days they come out. I'm pretty sure it's weekly, and so uh, that was the first episode, and I'll talk about the second episode now, real briefly. Basically, we're just introduced into what this world is, mm-hmm. and we have devils, we have fiends. Devils are basically um, manifestations of fears. Mm-hmm. So we have the zombie devil, chainsaw devil, which is a little bit. So basically, if one thing is feared more, it's more powerful. Like, the most feared thing basically, is the gun devil. Oh! Yeah, we have the gun devil, but we aren't oh introduced gosh. to that yet. So there's a like gun devil, so bomb funny. devil, um, there's power, which is a devil, which is one of the main characters, actually, because that devil became a fiend and is Denji's partner in the second episode. And basically, the, uh, he's a part of this special operations in the safety department of Tokyo where they are this operation of fiends and devils and um just regular people that are basically 
like you're on the brink of being fired from the safety department and if this uh, operation does not uh, see results you're either getting fired or if you are like a devil or fiend you're getting killed and so that's where we leave off it is very good I finished what's funny is I actually finished uh, the manga, all three books of the manga, or all, all 11 books, sorry, all 11 books of the manga. I was about to say, three books is really short for a manga. No, 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 no. All 11 books of the manga, uh, like a month before, no, I think it was like two weeks before they announced that they're making an anime. I had no clue. I just I just kept seeing so much hype for ma the manga. I was like, okay, I'll read it. And I got to read it, and it's fantastic. It's so much fun. Uh, it's really interesting. There's a lot of really good, profound... Uh, like, not a lot of profound moments, but, like, when they are profound, it is very special, like, for manga. Um, but I just love that our main character is just a horny boy that wants boobs. That's nice. Mm -hmm. I'm, ha I'm happy for you. Thank you. What have you been consuming? Uh, okay, so I read The Dark Hold, which oh. it... Oh, 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 that was, like, the same. That was kind of scary. Yeah, it kind of sounded like the same. Uh, okay, so it is a uh, Marvel trade paperback, which is uh, seven one-shots collected. Uh, so it's a, it's weird. Okay. Uh, it came out last year in 2021. There are various creative teams. I am not going to go over all of them. There's, uh, So there is five character-specific one-shots, and then there's the Alpha and Omega issues. So you get your intro to the plot, and then you get a bunch of backstory, and then you get the ending. It's a weird structure, and it doesn't work. Uh, mm -hmm. Basically, so you know how Wanda goes a little cuckoo, and then she's basically been going back and forth from being not cuckoo to very cuckoo over the past, like, 20 years in Marvel Comics? Sure. She's finally not cuckoo anymore. Wow. Like, for real, they're like, nah, she's just absolutely goaded. She's OP as shit. Her and Doom are having a spat because Doom. Mm -hmm. Also, they were married for a little bit there. That was weird. Hot. Very rapey. Uh, not, oh, it was, not, not, it was, not. It was weird. I thought Doom was cool. Well, Doom is cool, but sometimes he, he doesn't like giving people their own autonomy. He's not big on that. Uh, mm. He's weird. Anyways, so there's Never a whole... Mind. Yeah. Uh, basically, Doom is using his Doom bots to find the Darkhold, the, you know, the magic... One of the magic evil books that has all sorts of evil bad magic and summons Cthon and blah, 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 blah. You know, Elder Gods, nonsensical mm. magic stuff. Um... And then to basically reading the book makes you go crazy, but because Doom, Doom's smart. He reads it through <laughs> because Doom's smart. He reads it through his Doom bots. Oh my god! So fucking glasses, basically, yeah. and it makes him not go totally crazy. And then they because it's through electronics. Yeah, it's very weird. Um, basically, that makes sense. I guess it's <laughs> it's co because comics. Yes. Uh, I love so comics. they. Basically, they read the book to summon Cthon or to go to Cthon's dimension to kill him and get his powers and stuff you know dimensions and mm -hmm. demons and shit marvel's <laughs> demon mythology is so messy i it's hate it wild. it's very all over the place um and wanda's like no you will not do that doom because you are bad and i will stop you uh and then she summons she recruits the basically like spider totems from the uh the the spider verse events yep. but like they're just some of the other elder gods who Cthon fought against and then they imprisoned him and blah, blah. So they get um, Iron Man, Spider-Man, Wasp, Black Bolt, uh, 
and Blade. Um, That's a very strange lineup. Yeah. Popular characters. It's the this event Wasp is was popular. Kinda. Uh, she's like a fan favorite type character. Basically, uh, she needs their help because they're destined to be able to read some of the only a little bit of the book and go a little crazy, but not so much to go real crazy. Then they can travel to the dimension to Fikathon. It's all over the place. Uh, they get summoned, and then we get a one shot of what uh, and a, a hypothetical version of reality where each one of these five characters. Basically went crazy. Like, they they read the book. They read too much of the book. So it's really just a really cool... Basically a bunch of... The one-shots are the cool part. The actual plot of this event is so fucking lame. I hate it. Uh, the Iron Man issue... It basically, so all of these are reminiscent of, a, of an older style of book. So the Iron Man stuff is like the original Iron Man comics from the 60s. It's it got very... It's like, not Michael Cho, but like, you know Michael Cho, maybe? The artist? It's very old-school... You know, stiff, uh, simple colors. It's yep. really nice. It's basically Iron Man going crazy and replacing parts of his body with more and more armor. Oh, shit. Eventually, he gets stuck in the armor because, like, the armor heals him. Because that's the thing. is His armor, you know, protects him and it heals him. It fixes him up. And then, at some point, it, like, eats his skin. So, like, he can't leave the armor. It's really body horror heavy. And it's really freaking cool. Uh, Pepper is, like, devastated by it. It's a whole thing. Um, the Spider-Man issue is basically, so you know how Spider-Man, you know, Parker Luck, that whole thing, uh, mm -hmm. he is always being thrown under the bus and is always running from one thing to the next thing and nothing ever works, basically. Um, Same. so this story is somehow, some way, basically everyone in this world now is falling apart, like, li like, basically like zombies, kind of, but they keep going about their days. They're just, like, decomposing. Mm -hmm. And every 24 hours, Spider-Man, because that's that's how long his web fluid lasts, has to go around and fix everything. It's the most it's the most literal representation of what Spider-Man does. Oh. He so he has to so use. So these web are like so these are like his all these characters' problems like embodied. Yeah, in like an, Iron Man, uh, yeah. he's a drug addict. Yeah, he, right. He thinks his suit's helping him. Yeah, and Spider-Man is always running around trying yeah. to fix everything. So Spider-Man, yeah, basically. So Spider-Man, you know, has to run around every 24 hours. He has to go help everyone. He uh, it starts getting actually kind of heartbreaking because he has to, like, fight his villains, like Dr. Octopus, but, like, it's just to keep them going. Like, he's not trying to hurt anybody. Like, o Oct like Otto's falling apart, and, like, he has to, like, patch him up and then be like, you know, like, I'll be back tomorrow. Like, it's so freaking sad. Like, he's, it's, like, old-school-looking Otto Octavius, you know, bowl cut, big, goofy goober. So, like, he has to, like, use his webs to, like, tie the, the, the octopus tentacles back on. He has to, like, tie the tentacles back onto him, and he's like, you know, like, you tried. I'll be back again tomorrow. It's, like, everyone is so screwed. I don't understand exactly why. It's a weird thing. Um, Gwen Stacy is a literal corpse oh. who he returns to at home. It's very bizarre. And uh. then the only other person who is still alive because of how the regeneration stuff works is Mr. Fantastic. And Peter becomes, you know, he has his, his Joker moment. He uses Mr. Fantastic as web fluid to fix everything. So he just basically, like, he, uh, not literally, but he basically just shoves Reed Richards into a web cartridge and then just sprays him everywhere. So now Reed is suffering, the only other person that's ever been alive. It's so bizarre. I liked it. What it's, is this comic? It's so weird. I want to read this. That issue is very good. Um, the Wasp issue is a, mostly about Wasp's relationship with, with Hank Pym, her abusive ex-husband. Yeah. So it's got that classic, you know, old school 60s Avengers stuff going on. And then it's like clearly showing like him undercutting her, gaslighting her like he did. And then, you know, this not a loving relationship. She's giving everything for him and he's just being like, nah, get out of my lab. Make me a sandwich. Literally make me a sandwich. Um, and then like a wasp, 
she's just like, I'm going to sting you. And then she has her Joker moment and kills him. And then it's a whole thing, um, which was actually quite satisfying because Hank Pym is a piece of shit. Um, it's weird. It was good. It wasn't quite as enjoyable, but that's just because I'm not very attached to Wasp. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Black Bolt issue was basically, so I have no clue how much you know about Black Bolt. Black Guard Bolt again. Uh, no. King of the Inhumans. Um, oh, wait. No, never mind. I do know about him. Okay, basically, I love him. His, his lifelong rivalry with his brother who doesn't have powers mm-hmm. is, like, the big thing. Mm-hmm. In this comic, he has no memories, and it's trying to figure out whether or not he is, a like, a transmuted version of his brother or if he is actually Black Bolt. So it's like he gets he's like shot up on the other side of the moon and he wakes up and he's like, I don't have memories. And he bunch bumps into a bunch of other people and discovers like documents and stuff. And it's like. And he's talking. What? No, he's thinking to himself. And it's like, am I me? And my memories were wiped out by my brother so he can usurp my throne. Or am I my brother who wanted to like basically like take my body? If I could like change himself to look like me and then take my place and then shoot me off on the other side. So it's like this constant, you know who am I thing. It's really weird. Mm. It was fine. I'm not that into Inhumans. Mm-hmm. I've, I've tried to be. I've read a decent bit of them. Black Bolt feels like he should be something that's super interesting. He is sometimes. Um, the issue was fine. The Blade issue was really bad, which I'm really disappointed by. Uh, Blade's I'm had some... Surprised. Blade's been in the public consciousness and in a lot of Avengers books recently, but he's not doing too hot Mm-mm. most of the time. Last time I saw him in the comic was a Daredevil comic. Yeah, he's been No, weird. Defenders. It was a Defenders comic. Oof. A recent one. Yeah, so he basically... New York City has been taken over by vampires, and Kingpin's a vampire, and Kingpin is the kingpin of all of New York, and then there's... It doesn't make sense. It's big and dumb and loud. The art was fine. It's very stylized. I didn't like it, but I it had some merit to the art, I guess. It's just... I, I don't know. It was weird. Uh, Not great. And then the actual event, you know... They, 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 literally, the majority of these issues, five of the seven issues that are in this book are just all alternate timeline stuff. And it's like, yeah, so the, it's made, it finally made its way over here. How? Damn, wow. I, I don't know. So, and then we go back to the, the, oh, the Omega issue, and then it's like, oh my gosh, no, my friends, you know, Wanda, her, Wanda having recruited all these heroes is like, oh yeah. no, my friends read too much of the book. They went crazy. They're, oh. They are these alternate versions now. It's so goofy. And then... They all fight, and then she gets... They fight against Doom, and then some random kid from some comic that I've never read before. Like, one of those... You know, the 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 major company, Marvel or DC, acquires a product from 20 years ago, you yeah. know, and then they have to integrate it into main continuity somehow. It's one of those things where it's like, mm. I've never heard of this character. I had to look it up on a Wikipedia, and it doesn't make any sense, and nor is it explained in this issue. It's this like, character? I don't even remember. That's how weird it is. It's like, the fuck? character <sighs> I don't know dude um this was bad it just was bad it was 20 bucks because it's seven issues it's a it's in that looser Mar- Marvel's been doing a lot of looser so books recently like two interesting issues three-ish it's not great uh it wasn't the worst thing I've read recently but it was not high on the list um I would recommend buying the individual issues that are really interesting just as what if imagining just cool, just cool little like books to read, to read. Uh, and those were probably like five, six bucks a piece tops. Mm-hmm. Uh, $20 for this book was horrible. So this is like buy it on a clearance rack for five bucks or under or just get the issues. Uh, disappointed. 
I'm sad, but Wanda being restored to herself and she's now getting her own series again and she's she's teaching at the Strange Academy and also getting her own main comic run is really nice. So like I'm glad that. that she got to that point, but what the fuck was this thing? No clue. It wasn't even that spooky. What else have you been doing, sir? I watched Bullet Train. Oh, <gasps> yes! So I just saw it on uh, Amazon Prime and I rented it. And so let me pull up a synopsis so I don't butcher it. Because I, I was easily able to bring a synopsis of Chainsaw Man. Go, go, this go, movie's go, go. a little different. This movie is a movie. It is the most movie. It is. <laughs> I really like this movie. So Bullet so Train. Good. Okay. All these characters have uh, secret little names. So here we go. Bullet Train. Ladybug is an unlucky assassin who's determined to do his job peacefully after one too many gigs has gone off the rails. Fate, however, may have other plans as his latest mission puts him on a collision course with the lethal adversaries from around the globe, all with connected yet conflicting objectives on the world's fastest train. So this is set in Tokyo. And uh, we are follow we follow a couple characters actually. Initially, it's Ladybug who is uh, doing a job that wasn't originally his. He is back from a hiatus because he's been um, doing some inner searching, going to therapy, and going to therapy like a fucking pleb, and uh, he's doing a job for another guy who called in sick basically. Who calls in sick for an assassin job? Fucking Ryan, Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> that was such a good little that cameo. That was a good little twist cameo. I like, because that's, it's the basically the flip of what they had in Deadpool 2, because Brad Pitt was the Invisible Man yep. thing. You know, yep. that was nice. They're oh. clearly friends. Yeah. Oh, and what's his face? Uh, the one where he, uh, Ladybug paid him money to like wear his like hat and jacket Channing Tatum yeah I love that, that Channing a... Tatum is like every, He's ever, just like... ever since that one scene where they had him in this like zombie apocalypse and he's like rubbing up on this dude's like dick with a mask on like ever since that scene uh, everyone's like oh Channing Tatum would do weird shit and he's like, yeah, I don't is know why people don't think I would do weird shit. Like, I did this, Magic Mike, let's this, do some weird shit. Is this, is this, a, is this the sex thing? Is this the, I, Yeah, I love this. Is this so the, is this a sex thing? Because he, like, so desperately wants it's to do It's so funny. Thing. So, this movie uh, also uh, has characters like, um, we have Tangerine and Lemon. Lemon and Tangerine. Oh, my, I bo love, my, my boys. So, I loved those guys. I love that Tangerine, or uh, I love that Lemon is just, he's a lemon. He, he also, like... It's just autistic and loves Thomas the Trains. I love him so much. He's my boy. But he doesn't like know anything about trains. He just knows that Thomas the Train has taught him how to read people. No, because it's it's a metaphor. I know it's a metaphor. <laughs> I know he loves it, uh, which I relate to him and being autistic like that. And imagine how much money they probably had to pay to allow them to use like the Thomas the Tank Engine yeah, name. <laughs> no. So you ba they're basically trying to find. Uh, it's about this MacGuffin. Uh, which is just a suitcase with money in it. And Ladybug is trying to get it because that's his job. And then we have, uh, he's trying to take it from Clement Clementine? Clementine. Wow, ten Tangerine. Tangerine and, lem and Lemon. Lementine. <laughs> lemon and Tangerine have the suitcase because it is the ransom money that they're trying to get 
the White Death's son, which they're trying to bring their uh, his son back to the White Death. But then we follow also the prince, which is a, a girl. It's a girl. It's a woman who's <gasps> pretending to look like a little girl, which is very unsettling. And um, this woman is trying to kill the White Death, and she does this by pushing a kid off the roof who is can who whose father is connected to the White Death because he is the one that gave the uh, uh, the suitcase to Lemon and Tangerine to get the boy. It's a very... It, very long connected. story short, it's a very convoluted plot. I, I, a lot I, of moving parts. I, I want to say all the moving parts. Fine. Uh, and, and also, whose father... His father, the guy... The prince, the woman who says she's Prince, pushed a boy off a roof, whose the boy's father is connected to the White Dragon by giving ransom money. But that bo that man who is connected by ransom money has a father who is connected by the White Death because he wants revenge because the White Death took over the Yakuza and he was a part of the Yakuza and now he wants to kill him. Those are all connected parts. I'm not going to uh, spoil Prince. Prince has a different connected part. But the White Death is played by General Zod himself, which is kind of funny because he like when he yells, he just breaks his accent. It's, it, it does. He break just sounds it. like General Zod again, it, and it's I, fantastic. So the whole movie, I've seen this. He's three, like, "Don't call me bro." I watched it three times. I the first my I legitimately thought it was going to be Keanu Reeves, just because it's like it's a really cameo heavy movie, and it's mm -hmm. like that would fit. But Michael Shannon did I'm, fucking kill it, though. I'm glad he wasn't, because... No, it would have turned into a meme. Yeah, it would have turned into a meme, because he's already John Wick, and it would be funny if he turned into, like, a Russian dude. Yeah. I wouldn't like that. Well, but, John Wick is actually Russian. Shut so. up! Blah, blah. Uh, but... Uh, I need to watch those movies again. Uh, Bullet Train was fun. Uh, nothing really profound, except for... Don't... Don't surround yourself around diesels. Um, and... It was just fun. I liked it. Uh, five out of seven. No, correct. Six out of seven. I give it a six out of seven. I'd watch it again. Solid. The only part that I was a little meh on was when the the end sequence where the train literally goes off the rails. The movie goes off the rails. So yes. like it's a it's a it's a it's a good meme. It's like okay, the CG's falling apart. It's getting a little too much. Blah blah. The movie's going on. It's like. But also, you made the train go off the rails. I see what you did there. Fine, fine, fine. Yeah, and I don't fun. like Sandra Bullock, and I've always hated Sandra Bullock, <gasps> but that's a me thing. Fuck. Okay, so, okay, here's the thing. Whenever he was talking to that woman, I'm like... I knew it was Sandra Bullock. She's got a sexy voice. Who is this woman? I bet she's not attractive. When I actually <laughs> see her, and I see her, I'm like, oh, it's Sandra Bullock. I knew it was Sandra I Bullock. I like Sandra Bullock. I, I don't. I wanted to. I've always wanted to. I just... I've never... I only like her... She was okay in Speed. I only like her because I find her attractive. I don't find her attractive either. I do. I've seen her in a handful of good roles, and, like, you know, she seems like a cool person or whatever, but, like, I just... She's never come across that great... She, she has, has chemistry with Brad Pitt, but that's about it. Sexy voice. Sexy mommy voice. Okay, Brad Pitt continue. He's hotter now than he was when he was young. I don't find him attractive. Really? Mm -hmm. You know who does? My dad calls him his movie boyfriend. It's Brad fucking Pitt. I know. Of course. I just, well, I don't know. See, I, I, I'm controversial about men. Well, because no. I don't really like Ryan Reynolds. I don't find him attractive. 
Really? Yep. I, I mean, I'm not like drooling over him, but like I, no, I, but, it's, like, I think streak, it's okay. That's the thing. It's, it's a meme. And, that's the thing. It's because it's like it's a bit of a meme. It's, it's like a meme, but they're serious. Too. A little, yeah, a little bit. Not a little bit. Not a little bit. They are serious. Yeah, I'm I telling you. I don't. If think... they were gay, they would go gay for Ryan Reynolds. Well, I and know that. I, I, I am not. I am on the Ryan Gosling train. Thank you very much. Oh well, yeah, this is fine. This is an acceptable answer. Uh, it's okay. still Ryan. Yeah, this is fine, as long as it's not a Chris. Um, no way. We have three talking points. No. Oh wait, you. Oh, yeah, I went I first, right? Yeah. So what else have you been consuming? I like read that? another book. Oh my god, it's what that. book is it? Uh, so I read DC versus Vampires. It is. Oh, I've been is, seeing this, those around. It is similar to Deceased. It is a non-canonical, spooky take on the DC universe. The covers look horny. It's a kind of horny. It's it's that horny. Vampires hor- are normally horny. That is the thing. Is it's it's not like the old Twilight horny. It's like. Vampires are kind of by definition erotic, so like it's got that vibe to it. So it's like underworld horny. Yeah, something like that. Uh, so this came out last year, uh, twenty twenty one. This is the first six issues of, I believe it is a twelve issue run in total, and then there's, I believe, twelve total like spin off one shot issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, these six issues were written by James Tynan and Matthew Rosenberg with pencils by Otto Schmidt, who has very great art. I just ha- oh. the designs are mostly twists on, like, what the current, you know, current in-universe design is. So, you know, you get your your Tim Drakes and your and your uh, your Damien Waynes have, like, their current outfits. You know, it, it matches up a little bit. Mm-hmm. So it's like, ooh, this could happen, ooh, yeah. which I like. It, it makes for, it, it's understandable, like, company homogeny. Um, hegemony, sorry, words. Gemini. The art, just in general. The action is really good. It's clean. It's very stylized. It's sharp, and it's bright. Right. It's really fun. Uh, the, uh, a lot of the plot, so basically, vampires, they start infecting superheroes, mm-hmm. and there's a vampire king, because vampires always have a king. And that's basically it. Like, it's, m- part of it's a mystery. Um, so one of the original Justice League starts off infected. Ooh. It is someone. I'm not going to tell you who it is. <gasps> uh, and then they. I bet I know. And then they kill one of their besties, and it's very sad, because that one can't be turned because of reasons. And then it starts spreading, and then... Wait, a... they kill them because it can't be turned? Yes. Mm. Uh, you know, it's a whole thing. Batman. Uh, no. Um, it just, it's a whole thing. There's a lot of Batman involvement in this, but I appreciate the fact that it's not a Batman-centric story. Because Batman has an extended family, it is relevant, and the villain, the king, who is revealed at the end of this, so, like, the midpoint of the story, you know, the darkest moment, it is part of the Bat family, but it doesn't... It's not very bat centric. It's just by population numbers. There's a lot of bat people. Uh, it's it's a lot of stuff to do with the Justice Let me League. Yes, who the bat? I'm not I'm not gonna answer. Fuck. You have to read it. the The plot that they have here is a lot of you know it's blood and and DNA results and all sorts of stuff. It's very very contrived. But the thing with this book is, it takes itself a bit less seriously than DC's does. DC's mm-hmm. is pretty well known for like. Being an alternate universe take that has surprisingly heartfelt stuff in it, just like Injustice comics were, because Tom Taylor is great. Uh, this is less serious than that. It's still good, it, 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 but it is it does take itself a bit less seriously. Um, it doesn't focus on the drama as much as it focuses on the action, which is fine. Um, there is a few char- there are a few characterizations that I think are a bit off here and there. It's nothing atrocious, but the fact so. Something I, I think would have been interesting is if it was like, whoa, vampires, but like, they're still people, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, they don't want to infect people. They're like, they're still themselves. Yeah, they're still 
I think it's obviously it's more of a drama focused story if you do that. But like, you know, you know, who do you tell? How do you go about like keeping yourself alive while not infecting people? You know, that's an interesting story. That's the direction I would have taken. But this one is a lot of rats. This one is legit ass. You're a vampire. Now you are evil. Like you still have all your memories and stuff, but like you're evil and you want to spread the virus and hail the king. It's goofy, but it is fun. It's very overdramatic. And I I like it. I just, there are, there are just a couple of characterizations and weakish motivations that are kind of meh. There's a lot of Green Arrow in this. Um, he's the other, he has close to the amount of, like, quote-unquote screen time as Batman and his family does uh, because the Green Arrow kills people mm-hmm. and doesn't <laughs> is not afraid to just shoot a vamp through the head, um, which is really cool. Um it's fun. It's only half the story, half of the main story, so it does end on a bad note, on, on like a sour note. You know, be the darkest moment. All of the bad things went wrong. Um, it, it was a very nice hardcover, though. I would have preferred this in a trade, but because of how DC does their books, they release their hardcovers first, blah, 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 but whatever. Mm-hmm. It has a nice uh, dust, dust jacket. The physical book is actually easier to open up. It's not one of those, you know, they're like waxy hardcovers. They're like really buttery smooth on the outside. They're, they're, like it feels like you have to pry them open. You feel like you're gonna rip the book apart. Mm-hmm. It's not quite that bad. It's a bit looser, which is nice. Uh, there's a lot of alternate covers in the back, which is fucking awesome. There's so many great alternate covers and and stuff like that, which is which is good. It it, it justifies its value. Uh, it was twenty five bucks. I would say twenty would probably be a better thing for this. I enjoyed it. I hope the second half is a little better. It goes a bit further in depth on the motivations. I'm assuming that all of the villain-based spin-off issues are going to be cool as shit, just like Deceased was. Um, so I dig it. It's spooky. It's got a lot of blood. Uh, Damien, has, there's a couple of really cute moments, which are nice. It has a little bit of, like, the 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 moderately wholesome, like, Batman made, so Batman's, like, testing the Bat family. He's like, I need to figure out which one of you fuckers is a oh, vampire. I've seen that. I've seen and, that. Yeah, and, like, he makes them all, like, he makes Alfred make them all, like, coffee or hot chocolate and you know damien's like i don't drink coffee and it's like i'm and alfred's like i made you hot chocolate with marshmallows and it's so funny and then you know like he makes them hold like a cross and then then damien you know isn't a vampire and then everyone's like well we thought it was damien because you know it's it's damien he's a little shit Mm -hmm. um and then alfred's like i i I see you didn't have me drink the tea sir i i appreciate the fact that you trust me and batman's like so I replaced all of the water in the water filter, in like the water heater in the in the furnace with holy water. So you've been taking holy baths for like a week now. <laughs> I I like that. It is I love it shit is like it that. is the goofy over the top Batman's prepared for everything, yeah. but it's self aware that that's goofy, and I like that. Um, it's fun. It's worth a loan. It's definitely worth buying at some point. I'm hoping that they have all of them in like one. Com- yeah, chunky, be, complete I, I, collection. I, I would buy it like that. Because that's what they're definitely going to do with DCs, because DCs is really popular, and it's on its last book right now. Uh, so once that's done, I'm assuming they're going to... It might not be enough for an omnibus, but like a, a really big trade, you know, the complete collection mm-hmm. type ones. Those are nice, and I like those. Those are like my favorite types of books to buy. They're like 30 to 50 bucks. They're big, they're easy to read because they're paperbacks, and they're not like... It's done. It's done. I don't have to have a bunch of them that don't match and all sorts of shit. It's fun. Mm-hmm. Vampires. It's the end of spoopy month. How sad. Jacob isn't here to see it. Mm. But he's probably off getting ghost pussy or something. The, oh, go- he- the goosey, if you will. <laughs> wow. <laughs> the kaboosey. Go- <laughs> yeah, something like that. Yeah, um, it's, it's kaboosey. Yeah, sure. yeah, ghost pussy. Um, that's, that's what Jacob's into for sure. <laughs> <laughs> we don't really know. 
know. We don't know. We don't know. We don't know him that. We don't know him that well. I've only known him my entire life, but I don't know. I don't really know him. You know. Maybe because you don't know his type. You don't understand that. Maybe he's you get, a, you get very confused on his type because is. he has a bunch of different types that have very few through lines. I know what it is now. It just it's it it's more a while. it's more complicated. He just looks at me. He's like, "Hey, Colin, here's." Here's how it works. I'm like, ah, oh, thank you. And it's he because, just lets you well, guess. it's because exactly. It's because we turned it into a game. I've been trying to figure it out like for like ten years now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, maybe Jacob's a vampire, and I don't know it. Mm. Maybe he is the vampire king. Mm. Uh, thank you for listening to this episode of the Dime Comic Bros podcast. Next episode, we will be going over the news. The next episode of Andor. I think I don't think we have any another TV show coming up for a few more weeks. No, I will be talking about. Um... Chainsaw Man, but mm. not more, I, cha- more more Chainsaw Man. Mm-hmm. I think I'll be going by like, so I don't take up every single week. Will be a Chainsaw Man. I'll like do since I did two episodes today. Yeah, I'll do like two episodes next time as well. Duly noted, good sir. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jacob might be back from his secret mission next week. We don't totally know. Hopefully, oh. uh, and then the week after that, we got we we got some new interesting stuff coming up because it's not spooky month. Oh, next week we gotta start the uh, the 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 bonk jar. Fuck! I gotta find a mason jar. Oh shit! That's such a good joke. That's gonna go well. That's gonna. I mean, yes, but it'll be fun. Uh, if you would like to support this show, you can go ahead and go over to patreon.com forward slash dime comic bros, like our two patrons right now, Jeff Lawrence and Caitlin. Uh, they help keep the lights on, support this show. They send Jacob on his secret spooky missions. Uh, if you'd like to get your name shouted out every episode, get a bunch of cool stickers designed by Colin, get sketches done by Colin, um, early access to this podcast as well as our other podcast, Dime Gaming Bros, uh, and exclusive access to Ga- Dime Comic Bros Happy Hour, which is where usually the three of us will hang out, have a beer or a cup of coffee, talk about some weird shit. Sometimes it's comic booky, sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's about hot dogs, like last week. Uh, this week, it's just going to be me, so stay tuned for that whatever the hell I come up with. A uh, big thank you to our partners over at Jetpack Comics and Games in downtown Rochester, New Hampshire. Over at the Mega Store, they got everything under the sun. They got comics, they got games, they got movies, they got they got video games, they got D&D, they got board games, they got, they got you, they probably got Yu-Gi-Oh cards, they, they got do. everything. They do. Uh, shop there for all of your nerdy, geeky needs uh, and tell them that we sent you and then you can check out our poster in the back wall because they support us Slap that poster when you come in. Slap it. Don't slap the employee. Slap the poster. Yeah, because every time I come in, I slap Kyle. But that's slap, because oh. that's that we're spe- we're special. Oh, you know, don't worry about it. Oh. Oh yeah. Don't worry. Don't worry Did about you slap? it. Slap. I don't know. Maybe. Oh. Don't worry about it. Slap the poster. Don't slap the employees. They will not like that. Don't. And if you do slap the employees, do not tell them that we told you to slap the employees. <laughs> that would be so bad. We have nothing to do with you slapping employees, but we will have everything to do with you getting good luck by going in the store and slapping our poster. Yes. Uh, and slap it when you leave, too. Yes. It is a good luck charm only in the store. Yes. If you slap it and then leave without re-slapping it, you'll, you'll have never. That... You'll never get that good luck ever again. No, no, no. You will have bad luck while you're in the real world. Yes. But in, in the domain of the comic book shop, you will have good luck. You will find cool exclusive covers and stuff. And I know this because I forgot to slap it while leaving uh, last time I was there. And, ha- and then you having, blew a tire. And I have been having a bad, like, three weeks. Hee-hee. Uh, Hee-hee. I, I just built them. I just built them. I just built them for guys. Your honor, my client is simply built different. <laughs>
Zack Snyder shoots the Joker saying we live in a society just for the lulls. You know what I Fuck your face hole. A third one? Really? Wow! He is the piss man. How come whenever you poo poo it's always pee pee time? But when pee pee time it's not always poo poo time? Answer that question. Shut up. You shut up.